Hello, and welcome back to The Perfect Pitch. Today, we continue our series of bonus episodes recorded at the Cannes Lions Festival of Creativity. I'm your host, Hunter March. It's a perfect pitch. And it sounds so good. It's a perfect pitch. Just like you know it could. We've been sitting down with some of the world's most interesting brands and their agency partners to talk about creativity, the art of the pitch, and what's happening on the ground at Cannes. One of our producers, Jessica Levinson, got to talk to Jim Habig, the VP of Marketing at LinkedIn. You could thank Jim for those email notifications about your middle school boyfriend trying to get back in touch with you about a career opportunity. Along with Jim, Jess also got to speak with James Tony, the CSO of Maximum Effort, an agency and production company that works with LinkedIn on their campaigns. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm almost certain that you are a LinkedIn user. In this conversation, Jessica talks to the pair about how they build campaigns and what it takes to grow a brand like LinkedIn. The business focus site has more than 900 million users worldwide. Jim Habig, James Tony. Welcome to The Perfect Pitch, live from Cannes, where we are on a floating podcast studio. It's a first for me. What about you guys? Nicest place in Cannes right here. <laughs> like, a, like a blast chiller. Yeah. Amazing. I can't really top that kind of comment. Uh, I have all the enthusiasm Jim has at times, too. Yeah. I'm not leaving. You can't get me out of here. <laughs> yeah, it does sort of wake you up after a long night out, you know? We're more alert in here than outside. Exactly. Yeah. Well, as you know, the Perfect Pitch podcast is a show that's all about creativity and the art of the pitch. And that's why we come to Cannes, right? To, to connect with each other and uh, creatives in the industry and see some of the best work of the year. Some might say that it's like an IRL LinkedIn. Oh, we love that. We're going to brand it. I mean, I think that's the serendipity of this thing. Like I, I come year after year just to sort of walk the corset and bump into all of my friends that I haven't seen in a year. It's really one of the perks of this thing. And I had to come see James, of course. I also do love to go, you know, check out the work in the play. Yeah, same. I mean, I love seeing, I've been in this industry for a long time, and you forget all of the great relationships that you have when you get so focused on your day-to-day work. So it's nice to just walk around and see people that you have such history with. So that's one of the best parts for sure. Yeah. What's some of the best work that you've seen this week? I'm very enthusiastic about the B2B categories. And so I've been encouraged with how the industry is sort of raising the bar in successive years. So I've been really happy with something that actually James knows quite a bit about, but um, the flock freight work, which I think we can say just won the bronze for the B2B uh, uh, line this morning. So, congrats. Um, it's all congrats to James. Right? Thank you very much. Yeah, it's their wow. team. Wow, cue the clap track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we drop the applause line? Yeah. But no, I think a lot of the work that um, was recognized this year does advance the conversation around what does creativity in B2B look like? Because that's, you know, for a long time, it's sort of been shunted to the side in B2B. And that's, we want to bring that more to center stage. And so we're very honored to support the B2B Lion track with the festival. Yeah, I would imagine that the B2B, like just nature of advertising around the Palais is probably really inspiring for you. Because that's something that I've noticed, like the billboards and like the way in which every single brand and sort of service provider here is trying to, you know, stand out in like a sea of people trying to get your attention. So I found a lot of the 
ways in which people have been recruiting or putting together events to be pretty inspiring as well. It's sort of like a meta reminder that, hey, advertising really works. Right. We're advertising at an advertising festival. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about the campaign that won you guys the bronze. So what's interesting about Flock Freight, it's a fantastic sort of business, but it's very B2B. It's very inside baseball. What, what Flock Freight does essentially is if you have a truckload of something, then you get real efficiencies when you're shipping something. But if you don't have a truckload, you're only a, a small piece of a truck, then it's actually really difficult to get efficiencies because of the volume game. So they optimize, essentially, how truckloads come together and they save smaller shippers money. And so Maxim Effort, the agency that I'm a partner in, uh, we actually really like to champion small businesses and emerging businesses because there's nothing more special than like seeing someone whose dreams are coming true by starting the thing that they've always wanted to start. And so, you know, LinkedIn being so focused on B2B, that's why we connect is because we're so passionate about that. And Flock Freight is a perfect example of something that LinkedIn can help because they're so targeted and specific about who they're marketing to. Um, but I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this podcast, <laughs> but... Essentially, the campaign was called A Fuckload. Um, See from Blue's Clues <laughs> was in it. It was just meant to be a culturally unexpected moment for a B2B advertiser so that they could see that, you know, it's not just about the utility of what you provide. Exactly. It's about being a part of culture in a way that you're memorable and recognizable. I need a couple more dots connected between Steve from Blue's Clues and freight transportation. The fact that there are no dots to connect Kind of. <laughs> part of the point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the thing that stands out to me about that work is, you know, B2B brands have such a cognitive load that they have to convey. You know, it's, it's usually an educational uh, exercise in their advertising. And Flock did a great job of communicating that succinctly, but also very distinctively. And that's why I think they were so standout. And I do think it is an exemplary version of a B2B brand sort of pushing the boat out a little further. Spotify advertising won the Alliance last year for mm -hmm. our Song for Every Absolutely. CMO campaign. So we know firsthand how hard it is to make B2B not boring mm -hmm. um, and how to cut through and think of businesses as consumers. I'd love to talk just a little bit about the structure of maximum effort. You know, it's a little bit of a non-traditional agency. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. It's, uh, you know, start off as a production company with George Dewey and Ryan Reynolds. And uh, I came along a little bit down the way. So the three of us kind of oversee a production company, uh, advertising agency. We have a private equity business called Maximum Effort Investments. We own a football club called Rexham AFC. So it's, it's kind of like um, a sprawling set of passion projects uh, birthed from the genius of Ryan Reynolds. And so I don't know if the if we have a structure, I think it's more of like a lack of structure and we're filling around the dark trying to make things that bring people together and, you know, create value for people that we love to work with. Love that. Well, one thing I've loved talking about on the show this week is the dynamic between the agency and the client and across the board. I've been surprised at how close that relationship is and how there really isn't that sort of traditional moment where, you know, the client briefs the agency and they come back with this big pitch reveal. It's this sort of like always on communication and the minute the idea sparks, the dialogue begins. How do you guys collaborate on big ideas? All of our communiques are via text. 100%. We just, <laughs> James will pitch me. He'll be like, hey, you got five minutes for a quick chat today and you'll bring an idea like... The Walking Dead stuff, which is amazing. You know, I think that here again, to use the word for a third time, serendipity is really uh, the formation of our relationship. And I, I love that we're 
you know, James, you're talking about how maximum effort isn't really a traditional agency. I also think we have like an unorthodox style, which I relish because I do think it can be more dynamic. It can be more agile. We put together the place to B2B campaign in just like a couple weeks, right? Because we, we wanted to move quick and we, you know, did all the legwork, but it was, uh, it came together very fast. I love that speed. I love that agility. And it all comes down to just our text thread, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Deadpool and Free Guy, some of like our best sort of movies come out of passion, right? And so finding clients like Jim, who like Jim actually believes the things he's saying about the opportunity that B2B marketers have. I remember, you know, we're talking about building campaigns together and he referenced the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song, you know, I don't love you like I love you, Maps, that song. Yeah. It's like you just- They don't that, love you like I love you. That was the brief, basically. Yeah, like we love B2B marketers. And so I'm like, that's exciting because when you get it into marketing, you think about iconic brands, you know, their founders would have done it for free. There's just a passion around the impact they can have in the world. And Jim had that. And so it was really infectious. And we're fortunate that our marketing agency isn't sort of the, the thing that keeps the lights on. We do it because we love it. And so finding, you know, partners like Jim who just really love to do the work, that means the work gets to be good as opposed to it being incredibly specific to a 35-page brief. So it's easy to make good work with him. And that's why it just works and it can be text because like we're aligned on like the spirit of why we're even doing the jobs that we're doing. Thanks, bud. Oh, guys. Can we move these mics out of the way for a hug? <laughs> that was a group hug. <laughs> I wonder if you could kind of take me through a sort of the pitch and conversation text thread yeah. to campaign. What was that process like and what's the idea behind it? Yeah, I mean, we had been talking since last summer, really, about what we're trying to do in the space, the ideas that we're trying to get across, and it felt very much like a natural outgrowth of that conversation. So it wasn't a traditional, like, brief pitch process. I do think it comes back a little bit to that, yeah, yeah, yes, you know, they don't love you like I love you. That was sort of the the idea behind trying to just show B2B marketers, hey, we understand your job's complicated and we get you. And we know that you know you need different tools to solve your problems. And so we wanted to get that message across. And so we, we were kicking around a bunch of ideas. I think it was like the sixth or seventh thing that we came up with. But it had, you know, when we took it around to people, it sort of lit them up. So that's how it sort of got started. We really love that work because the people it's for, they really know it's for them. Right, like a lot of the humor that's baked into that, it's it's really just saying, hey, this spot of a Olympic champion promoting a cereal, you don't get to do that. You know, it's not that easy for you. There's so much more nuance in what you have to communicate in your messaging. We're a platform that gets that, and so like, let me just let's just have fun with the fact that our job is hard, but like, there's joy in that challenge. And so the place to be to be sort of speaks to just identity, but the work itself is really about saying, hey, look, there's a divergence between you and your colleagues on the B2C side, uh, but we don't love them the way that we love you. Exactly. So what's the, can you walk us through this, the spot? What's the creative? <sighs> we did one with Nancy Kerrigan uh, in A Dancing Panda, and that was CRM Serial was the concept. So wouldn't it be easy if you could sell your CRM product using some of the like hoariest cliches of the B2C marketing paradigm? And it shows the fallacy of that. Like it just doesn't work. You know, it's pretty ridiculous. I love that. It's like holding a mirror up to yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then the other spot is a, a take on like an energy drink. And uh, that one was really fun. 
because you guys extreme. got to, yeah, exactly. Extreme flavors, you know, you can't sell, um, you know, SaaS solutions just using sort of like empty product benefits and promises. You have to like get the meat across. Yep. Again, it's, it's sort of like, how do we have fun with culture and do things that don't feel expected? Right. And so like, we're sort of just stealing little pieces that feel universally understandable, but we're putting into a context that feels really special for who we're talking to. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's why it worked. Yeah. I enjoyed making it. It's fun. Well, has there ever been an idea that you were really excited about and you were like, hey, Jim, I got it. Like I solved it and you pitched him and he was like, no, not it. Jim's never said no, but I, I'm not going to say never, never said says no. no. no not, not, <laughs> not a great client. <laughs> it's the, um, I, I will say that there can Elizabeth be. Like, uh, verifiable. Yeah. There are competing interests in a company as big as LinkedIn. Yeah. That's you know, fair. so we can't always do all of the things that we want to do, but we never start from a place of being misaligned on inspiration. I'm sure. I will be pitching things <laughs> shortly. That'll be like, ah, I don't know. It's a little riskier than we want to we want to be. That's what I relish about our relationship is we can like find the thread. I love that we have a dialogue about what of those may make sense. Where can we find the thread? Where can we, you know, bring B2B marketing to the forefront on that? We want to break the patterns of um, how things have been done in this B2B space. Well, speaking of breaking patterns and forging new paths, one of the biggest topics that I have not been able to personally escape this week, as I'm sure you guys have, is AI. Yep. So we'd be remiss if we didn't bring it up. And Microsoft, which is LinkedIn's parent company, is really at the vanguard of commercializing AI. I'm curious from a creative perspective, how do you look at AI? Do you see it as a threat to creativity or do you see it more as a potential tool? The only responsible answer to that, I think, is both. To claim that it's one or the other exclusively, you would have to know a lot about AI, right? And like where, where the future is headed. I, I will say that, you know, in thinking about AI, there's always an element of make things better, make things faster, make things cheaper. I'm really wholly interested in the better piece. I think that there are some use cases yet to be defined around creativity that will be exciting. It's been a common refrain through all the conversations we've been having this week. I think you cannot go five minutes into a, an interview or a conversation without talking about AI. Because it strikes me a little bit like, um, you know, I feel like we're in a mode where it reminds me of the early days of mobile, not to date myself, but we did not know the directions that that was gonna break. And it changed everything. And I think here again, AI is obviously going to change everything. It's obviously going to be a tremendously powerful force in this creative business, but we're not really sure how that's going to manifest yet. Yeah. So we talked a lot about, Jim, your passion for the brand, for LinkedIn, for the mission. Mm -hmm. What is it? What is it that you are passionate about, about LinkedIn and what it can offer to the world? Yeah, I think it's a tremendous force for creating economic opportunity for every member of the global workforce. That's what's written on the door for us. But I think it goes beyond that. You know, in my experience of LinkedIn, I've really found it to be sort of the platform of generosity. And that's the feature that I think keeps people coming back. And you go on and you it can solve a lot of problems for you. It can connect you with a lot of folks, it can open a lot of doors, but it's also just a great place to go and feel a little wind in your back and people sort of gas you up. And I think that's what animates a lot of my love for the platform. 
It's a place you come to build your career. It's a place you come to learn new skills. It's a place you come to connect with folks who might open the next door or you might open the next door for them. I agree. I really think that we're all just sort of in pursuit of community. And as soon as you can credibly say that you are one, which I think LinkedIn can say, it should just embrace that that's what it is. You guys are both clearly very passionate. And a lot of young creatives listening might be not sure how to get their start or what to do, how to make their first move. They have a big idea and or a big brand. Like, what do I do with it? What's your advice to young creatives coming up? Oof. I mean, I started my own agency with a couple of partners and I had never had a job in marketing and I was a year out of college. What I did was just helped anyone who would let me help them. You know, whether I got paid or not, like just getting as many reps in, uh, just trying to think differently, trying to, to provide value as quickly as I could, as efficiently as I could, just building that muscle. I think that's really key. There's so much of what we do where we're so covetous of ideas. And if ideas feel scarce to you in this business, then you're not really meant for it, you know? Um, so I would say that would be huge. And the second thing that I think we do a good job of at Maximum Effort is just, I try to imagine myself as not only Jim, but like as like the CEO of LinkedIn, right? Like think about the largest possible context, no matter the scope of what you're doing. Um, and you're going to have a better job landing work that resonates with, with your clients. Yeah. I love that. You do want to have like an abundance mindset with ideas. It's like if that one didn't work out, you know, hold on tightly, let go lightly. You know, you, you're going to have more. The one-liners out of this oh, well, room, this the, I mean. Yeah, well, got to have us back, Jess. <laughs> we have a book coming out next year. Yeah. Oh, let's co-author a book. See here, we'll put it in the text thread. The only thing I have to add to that is I really do think at bats is important. So keep going, keep working at it, and be voracious in the projects that you take on as insofar as your, you know, bandwidth and everything allows. I love it. Well, this was really fun, guys. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. I look forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn. You better. Yes. You don't even have to do an email for me. I'm just going to accept your LinkedIn right now. There you go. Cool. Huge thanks to Jim and James for talking with us. And thanks to Jessica Levinson for hosting these bonus episodes of The Perfect Pitch. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about our guests today, please visit linkedin.com and maximumeffort.com. I'll see you next time. Perfect Pitch is executive produced by Jesse Burton and Katie Hodges for Awfully Nice and Jessica Levinson and Frank Lobello for Spotify. The episode was produced by Amber Von Shassen with production support from Bang Audio Post. Sound design and mixing by Nick Cipriano. Theme written by Brian Jones, scored by Timo Ellison and Brian Jones. And don't forget to follow, rate, and review The Perfect Pitch wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.